All right, so it's been like, it's been a pretty packed weekend in sports in general. Obviously, you're a Mets fan. Jacob DeGrom signed with the Texas Rangers. I figure we'll start with that. That was that was pretty bad, wasn't it? Jeez, I man. mean, there really is a lot to talk about. Well, before we get into MMA, let me like ask you this because my whole thing, I truly did not believe that he was ever coming back. Did you? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I you could call it false hope or whatever, but like, you know, you want you want to you want to believe that, you know, you're going to shell out, you know, top money for your guy, but I'm sure they would have still done that. It's just he didn't want to come yeah, he, back. Yeah, I don't even think he gave him like a final offer chance, which is like that's rough, but We'll see where Aaron Judge goes to see if. Well, I'm wearing an A's jersey, but we'll see if the, yeah. if the Yankees well, are gonna be. Well, now the Mets have, his. now the Mets have Aaron Judge money instead of Jacob Degrom money, so. I don't know. Apparently, it'll be going over. Stuff might be Justin Verlander money or Carlos. Yeah, Verdon you know money. what? Yeah, like in all seriousness, that that work either of them work too. But now I'm just afraid that you know, just because they can, they're they're gonna overpay for somebody. Feeling like pressure now that. The, you know the best pitcher in the game is gone you obviously still have all this money to spend you had such know. a good off season last year uh, i think it's coming i think it's coming the you know not i don't want to say egregious but like i don't know like i don't no one's really going to be able to give, fill like, those Brandon shoes. Belt like 10 years 300 million. <laughs> but, you know, it's got to be for a pitcher at least. Just yeah. make it for a pitcher, please. I think it probably will be, but you know, it's the MLB off season, NBA season, NFL season, but most importantly, it's fucking fight season. And yes, let's get yeah. into some fights. And before uh, we get into like the UFC and everything that happened over the weekend with them, I think we got to talk a little bit about boxing. Because Tyson Fury had a, a cool title fight with Derek Chisora, fellow British uh, fighter. And I'm pretty sure it was in Wembley Stadium. I kind of didn't even realize it was happening until like the and day of. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what I was going to mention too, which is, I think, you know, we've already talked about it before. But screw it, we can use this as a, you know, as a talking point too to talk even more about it. Why are we finding out the day of that the heavyweight champion of the world is fighting? Because Dana White is right and Bob Arum is not good at promoting. <laughs> like, he's just... I don't yeah, understand. Like, exactly. Tyson Fury, like, I get that he promotes himself. And, like, this isn't the biggest fight of his career because he's even... Like, because he's already beaten Chisora twice coming into this. But, like, to not give... Like, Top Rank just gives no effort, like, in promoting their fights. Like, you find out the day before. Like, you gotta be following ESPN ringside... In order to get any updates yeah, on top rank, like besides, <laughs> I just don't like it. Like that's why Terrence. Well, I was about to mention Terrence Crawford, but he's having a fight this weekend that nobody knows is happening. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> dude, boxing's wild, wild business model. But uh, anyway, I don't, I don't want to take away from the fight. Yeah, the top yeah. rank stinks. But Tyson Fury dominated Derek Chisora, like. Just bad, dude. It was a brutal beatdown, like, from round one to round ten when uh, the ref stepped in. You know, Chisora just could not close the distance with Tyson Fury. And, I mean, that's obviously easier said than done. I mean, the guy's, like, six foot nine. So, and he's, his technique is just incredible. He's a great counterpuncher. But every it seemed like Chisora's, like, method was to try and, like, swing in with body shots and uh, or overhand rights. He did land, like, a few, but... Fury's just like he's tough as yeah, nails, man. Like, so hard. I mean, it's just so hard to hit too. That's true. I mean, even but even when you do hit him, like you look at like Wilder in their first fight, 
in the 12th round when he hit him, and that fight should have been over. And Tyson just got up, like, just out of nowhere. He looked like he was done, too. It was like, six, seven, eight. And he's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. And he won the rest of that round, which is crazy. I still don't think that fight deserved to be a draw. I think he beat Wilder that time, too. But back to this fight, though. I mean, Tesoro was landing, like, some good overhand rights to Fury's jaw. But, like, Fury's just a tough son of a bitch, man. Like, I don't really know any other way to put it, but when he wasn't landing those overhands, because they were rare, <laughs> but when he wasn't landing them, he was just kind of blitzing in and getting hit with, like, combinations, uppercuts, jabs, like, all this stuff, and just, I don't know, Chisora didn't seem to have an answer for Tyson Fury from the jump, and I think the conversation, honestly, probably goes more to what we think his next fight should be. I'm curious to see, do you think that it's it's gotta be fury versus Usyk at this point right oh i mean dude who else is there really to who else is there really to who else is there really for him at this point he did say joe joyce if Usyk is scared that's what he said because <laughs> like i don't know if you saw it but it was hilarious i don't know what they were thinking with this one but see he, now you, you you now you now it's like now it's more on Usyk than it is you know anybody else i guess the I think Fury like, wants it. I, I don't yeah. see why. Like, He just doesn't seem like he's the type who's trying to duck this fight. And Not that Usyk really is either. It was funny though because I don't know what they were trying to do. Because Usyk got like, up by the ring and you know they were in each other's faces. And Fury just had the microphone. It was, just, it was pretty much just a roast session. Because like Usyk wasn't saying shit back. He was just staring at him like this. Because he's, he's a scary looking dude. Like, I don't, you know, like, you know what Usyk looks like, correct? He's got, like, the creepy handlebar, like, cold blue eyes, man. Like, yeah, and Tyson Fury's a nice looking guy. And but... Tyson Fury's just shitting on him, though, too. He's like, you little man. Like, I'm calling him all these names and shit. I, I love it, man. Tyson Fury's so fun to listen to, but that's the fight. Yeah, like, dude. He... Fury versus Joe Joyce is, like, something that could happen. Like, you know, it's it'll be an f- interesting fight, but we want to see these titles unified. Like we talk about it all the time in boxing, how they just seems like nobody's really ducking each other. It's like the promoters are ducking the fights. And, you know, you were just talking about top rank before I like, I hope Bob Arum like wants to get this fight done because, you know, if he's so disinterested in promoting this one, maybe he'll be interested in, in promoting like a title unification bout between like two of the best heavyweights yeah, on seriously. the planet. Please. So, I don't know. He goes, I like when Fury says to him, he's talking about uh, how Usyk beat Joshua. He's like, you know, you beat a bodybuilder, but I ain't a bodybuilder. <laughs> he says he's going to retire him. <laughs> I love it. But I don't know, man. We'll see what happens with that. You know, with boxing, it's kind of like reading like Conor McGregor headlines. You can't really like put any stock into no, it until seriously. it's official. Yeah. <laughs> and even when it is official half the time, it's not for some reason. But anyway... Tyson Fury, just great performance by him. And with that, I think we can get into like UFC Orlando because there was a lot to talk about for this one. You know, you, you said it. I mean, these are the cards that the UFC is putting effort into nowadays with the fight nights. And man, did it live up to the hype because the whole main card was exciting. The prelims were pretty good. We'll talk about a few of those, you know, some in depth, some just kind of talk, like glossing over it a little bit maybe. Just because, like, there was just so much to get to. I don't even know. Like, we'd probably be sitting here for, like, two hours if we talked about every fight. But, you know, I guess we could go with the main event from the jump. You know, some people are saying fight of the year. I I don't know if it's 
fight of the year per se, but it's definitely up there. Yeah. It was a fun one. I, a little one-sided for me to like call it uh, fight yeah. of the year, though. Because, I don't know, I mean, you, round one, Holland started off pretty good, and you could argue whether... The, like the thing that ended up coming out is what led to the rest of the fight. I don't really think that it was, but Kevin Holland did break his hand in round one in like three different places. So his right yeah. hand was like ineffective after the first, but I don't even think that that was the problem. Because, well, me neither, yeah, yeah, because it seemed like he was looking to strike the whole way through. Yeah, well, he had some success with it in round one. Like he was managing his range pretty well, but besides, like. And he did. It. He does have power, man. Like Kevin Holland has just like legit one shot knockout power. But Wonder Boy's a tough dude. We've seen him hurt before and come back. But after it seemed like Holland broke his hand, it was just a different fight. And I don't even think it was. I don't think it was because of that. Like I don't think that he was particularly like affected in the sense that like because Wonder Boy like it wasn't really that Holland wasn't landing like the right hand. It was more that Wonder Boy was just like out striking him he was just blitzing in more his counter shots were amazing his kicks from southpaw throughout the fight were amazing and just everywhere on the body but like it seemed like after the broken hand holland just didn't want to like he didn't seem like he was engaging in like the same way like he was still pressuring him but like he wasn't landing as effectively and he seemed like he was a little bit more gun shy with the right hand i guess and you know when you're getting like just battered to the liver and to the head by just one of the best kickboxers in the sport it is a little hard i will say that yeah but i don't know i mean i i want to give holland respect though because he wanted to strike with wonder boy and that really put on like it put on a show for us and he didn't really have to do that because he yeah. could have tried to out grapple him but what did Very you think true. of this fight in its entirety honestly i pretty much just summed it up i think the same thing i was doing i think it's really easy to say like you know kevin holland like because that's where I that's where I thought this was going, and that's I felt you know Kevin Holland was just gonna have the the wrestling and the strength advantage, and then just use that mostly to his uh to his advantage. But yeah, I mean you can't really like you know I don't I don't know no one's gonna get mad at Kevin Holland for like you know wanting to put on a show and then like except Michael Bisping <laughs> yeah. Bisping shit on him a little bit for it. he said his ego lost in the fight yeah. and Kevin Holland was like sure what, <laughs> you, know, that, you know it makes sense that, yeah as a former former fighter and everything like that's just the pride factor and all that so like I get it but you know us as fans like you you know you gotta give it up especially after like you know like now that we know he, he was fighting with a broken hand the rest of the way, like, you know. And he's still striking with him, too. Yeah, you know. So, like, yeah, maybe that does alter the game plan because who knows where the rest, you know, how, how the rest of the fight plays out if that doesn't happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you ever had any doubt, Wonder Boy still had it, and he's still here. Yeah, but, you could argue this is his best performance in his career, up there at least. I think, yeah, he, ne he needed it for sure. And as for Kevin Holland, like, I really hope it's not it for him. Because yeah, he's in a, seems like he's in a weird spot, mm -hmm. maybe. Like, yeah. not even just matchmaking-wise, but even, like, his thoughts yeah, on Yeah, I don't company. know. Like, I had, I, would ha I was having some thoughts, like, you know, maybe a move back to middleweight. But I, I think he's, you know, found himself, I guess, at welterweight. It's just, we're just not really seeing that that wrestling come out all that much yet. And I guess that's what the whole move to Welterweight was, so that he could uh, maximize. But I don't yeah, I mean, know. he just picked a striking battle with the best striker in the division. Yeah. So like, that's a little tough. I still feel like he could have 
Because he had like a couple advantageous like positions and he just kind of gave them up because he wanted to strike. Yeah. But I don't know. Like it seems like he's in a weird spot. He seems very bitter about like how the whole Hamzat thing was handled and how the UFC kind of favoritizes certain people. That's and, right. Oh my god. See, like, like it's it's bad that I even for like forgot that happened. And it's like because I want to forget that happened because I don't think it was a good look at all. And like you know what he's saying, he's right too. Like I agree with him a hundred percent. Yeah, I respect him too because he says like you know I'm a company man. I'm gonna do what they want me to do if yeah. they're gonna pay me for it. But like. It's just, it's, I don't know, like, I yeah, agree with him when he's like, like yeah. well, you can go first. Well, yeah, no, but, and the thing about that is, like, we're all fans of Kevin Holland. Like, we want to see, we want to see him actually trailblaze to the top, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I guess, like, if you want to, like, com- if you want to compare it to, like, Michael Chandler, you know, just, like, just out there, like, let's, let's put on a war, let's give these people what they came to see, like, that's dope, but like then the time like we're fans of the like the fighters themselves. We want to see them be successful. We yeah. want to see them you know at the end of at the end of the day like you know not you know rack up a bunch of these losses and yeah. the next thing you know like I know like you know not that we're gonna cut anything. There's a bunch of guys in the UFC right now with like on these loss streaks that you know are still around because people love them. But, yeah, exactly. You like, know, it's gonna be hard to cut guys like Tony Ferguson and stuff like that, even though yeah. they're on like a five fight losing streak. Exactly. It's just yeah. it's a weird spot because like I understand like him being bitter and especially too like he was saying he's like you know if they give Himaya the title shot after what just happened like that's crazy like that's just that's not fair and I agree with that like he's trying and we were talking about it I think a couple weeks ago too when Kamaya like originally called he's like. He's like, yeah, dude, sign the contract. And we're like, what contract? Like, dude just fought. Like, they didn't give him a contract to sign. So, I just, I still don't, I, me even personally, I'm still bitter about what he did, like, fight week to Nate Diaz and stuff, just coming in, like, seven or eight pounds overweight, and then getting a fight with Holland and just, like, just destroying him. And it was a bad matchup, like, and I get that Holland wanted the fight because he wanted to get his versus Kimaev, but... I don't know, man. That that whole situation was just really handled poorly, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Kevin Holland is starting to like open his eyes to the like some of the favoritism in the company. Like he even mentioned how Bo Nickel and uh, Raul Rosas, the seventeen-year-old fighter from Contender Series, like they got put in the game, and like they haven't even had their debuts yet. Like it's just it's just who the promotion wants to push at the end of the day. And you know we've talked about this a bunch. And it'll always probably be that way. It's a business, you know, at the end of it. But it's it's tough to see that because, like you said, like we like Kevin Holland, so you don't want him to be feeling like crappy towards the company. But we'll see what happens with him there. And Wonder Boy, it's a he's in a weird spot too because you want to kind of give him more strikers because he's not going to be. I think some of these top wrestlers, like maybe Colby, because Colby's like striking is like that amateur compared to wonder boys but his wrestling is so much better i I just don't know like one fight that i had in mind was maybe wonder boy versus michelle pajeda because that'd be a fun one too just i feel like it'd be a lot like this one actually but i don't know because like wonder boy like he said like he wants to get back to the title shot but he's like don't give me grapplers i'm like well if you don't want grapplers you shouldn't you should go back to kickboxing think about it but i i get i get what he's saying you know, if you want fun fights, give him another striker, not a guy who's going to just, you know, take yeah. him down and hump him. <laughs> but it's just, 
I don't know where he's really going to go from here. I don't know like who you give him besides someone who's ranked below him because a lot of the guys who are ranked above him are strike or are wrestlers for that matter. Let me see. Because above him, it's Burns, who he's already fought. Bilal Muhammad, he's already fought. God, I do not want to see him fight Hamza. <laughs> oh, him versus geez. Colby is a little bit interesting to me, but I still think Colby wins and then Usman would beat Thompson. The only one that's really interesting to me that's above him, which is kind of funny, is the champ. Like, I think him and Leon Edwards would be an interesting fight. But he has to get there. Like, you don't yeah. get a title fight from beating a guy who's not ranked. Unless you're, like, Conor McGregor or something like that. But, I don't know. Well, I think it would take one win over any of those guys you just named above him. Tough to sell. Get, honestly, get there. If Leon Edwards is still champion. What about Masvidal? He's below him, but he's like, he's enough of a draw that I feel like you could put it in like a co-main and say it's a title eliminator for Wonderboy. It shouldn't be for Masvidal. No, yeah. But I don't know. Like it's, it, the welterweight division always seems like to be in like a weird spot yeah. nowadays. But I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens with it. This, I, this I agree is, yeah, this. This, this, is, this is still Ben Askren's undoing of the division, dude. <laughs> Hey man, Ben Askren made a lot of people famous. A lot. Seriously, of <laughs> he needs more respect. Hey, maybe Wonder Boy. Imagine Wonder Boy versus Ben Askren. How that would have been. Oh man, that might be like the truest <laughs> form of striker versus grappler in MMA. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see where both of these guys' careers go from here. But great win by Wonder Boy, man. Like he really put on just a show in this one. And you know, fight of the year. I'm not sure, but definitely. One of the better ones that I've seen, that's yeah. for sure. This UFC event was really fun, and Orlando brought the energy. But then uh, the co-main event, RDA, dude, just rear naked choke over Barbarena. I, you know, that was to kind of be expected, yeah. I should say. But I, I didn't really even want to focus on the fight as much. It was more the call-out, because we've kind of talked about RDA in the past, and we like giving him his respect on this show, because he's earned it, man, like... He has one of the craziest resumes in UFC history. Even this one now. Brian Barbarena, like just another OG of the sport. Like, yeah, awesome. Barbarena's got some names on there at this point, too. <laughs> yeah. Might not all be wins, but he's fought some killers. But he deserves some respect, too. He says he's on his Legends tour, Barbarena. He has to fight all Legends. <laughs> that's that's like, really cool. I'm here for it, man. His fight with Robbie Lawler was fun, too. That, that was yeah. like a weird one that kind of like slid under the radar, didn't it? Yeah, and we had the whole we had the whole dissension between it. I mean, you you won, you won, but you know, still, at least it was a good fight. <laughs> it was fun, my guy, Robbie Lawler. It was a fun one. He's fighting soon, though. We'll get into that a little later. But back to RDA, he called out Conor McGregor. He wants to reignite that rivalry, and I'm just curious of what you think of that. I'm I'm for it. I'm definitely for it, but I don't think Conor McGregor is gonna be for it. I think I think he would definitely see RDA as a threat. RDA is a tough fight for anybody, and I will say I say that to like, well, maybe not 170 as much anymore because Leon Edwards did kind of have his way with him, but 155 still. Like I know this fight wasn't there. He's still dangerous there. It sucks that he's kind of like just given up on like the title stuff, and I get it. Like he just wants fun fights. He feels like he's already established his legacy, but he's still so good, man. But yeah, I get it. I really do get it. He wants the payday, dude. Like, and I don't blame him. He wants red panty night from Conor McGregor, and it's a fight that I'm I'm here for. I agree with you. I think it'd be a fun one. It'd be a fun build up because they, those two definitely don't like each other. 
I told you too, like when I was in Vegas for two sixty four. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, there was not a happier person in the building than RDA when Conor McGregor <laughs> lost that fight, and he was just sitting there on the canvas, and because it was just ironic, like because Conor McGregor always says to RDA, you know, you pulled out of the fight with like a like a little foot injury, but like RDA broke his foot, like. <laughs> Like, you know, we know what McGregor was saying when he fought Habib, you know, my foot was a balloon. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I think a broken foot is a valid reason to not want to participate in a world title fight. Yeah. But, uh, you know, now he, I thought, I think he probably thought it was ironic <laughs> that McGregor broke his, uh, broke his leg in that <laughs> fight. I'm sure he wasn't, you know, happy about it because yeah. that's just messed up. But I'm sure he thought it was pretty ironic. And he was pretty happy to to greet some fans after that one, including myself. <laughs> well, nice guy, RDA, I will say that. Very nice guy. Always rooting for him on this channel. At least me. But anyway, <laughs> there there was just so many. Like I don't even know where to like go from there because there's so many fights on this card that like I want to talk about. And there's you know Mataus Nikolau versus Matt Schnell who cut his hair uh, completely, like just shaved his head. To make weight, which I thought was pretty, that was pretty cool. That's <laughs> a sign of dedication right there. Might have to show some more discipline next camp, maybe so he doesn't have to do that <laughs> next time. <laughs> but, and it sucks too because he shaves his head and lost. And, uh, actually, hold on. Before we go on with this fight, uh, I want to talk about something with the main event again that I completely glossed over that I should. Hold on. <laughs> now we have to go back to our first conversation. Oh, geez. you ready? You ready for this? All I, right. Three-time Cy Young Award winner Justin Verlander agrees to contract sure? with the Mets. Oh my! Sure. Nice. They got him. Nice. Congratulations, to nice. you guys got Verlander. Oh my God! We just, that's crazy. We were just talking about it. Yeah. That's good. Good for you, man. That's adequate with the Grom replacement. I sure. I don't see anything about the contract yet. You know, there might be reports about it, but we are an MMA show. I just wanted to talk about that real yeah, quick because nice. I saw it. But uh, back, to, back to what I was going to say with the main event. Kevin Holland, dude, his hair, why were they not talking about his hair? <laughs> like, did, was I the only guy who saw that? Did I just imagine it? No, like, yeah. I, I, I was kind of wondering, too. It was, like... I'll take it, but I don't know. Like, he might have to... An afro... Half, half of it was an afro, and then half of it was braided. And dude, he looked like he was insane. Like <laughs> that's the only way I could put it. Like he looked like somebody who just came out of like, like a mental asylum. That's like the only way I could put it. I just don't know. Like, what was he thinking there? You know, what was he thinking? That's that's actually my question. I don't. It's t t two sides of Kevin Holland, I guess. <laughs> The 185 side of him was the afro, and then the tide, yeah. the tide part of him was him at 170. It was just him calling it back to both eras. But I won't spend as much time on that as I. I just needed to mention it because I. It almost felt like a hallucination because like I was looking like they were they were posting pictures of him on Instagram. UFC's like main events in the building. I'm like, half his hair is <laughs> is not the same. Like, what are you guys talking about? Main event is in the building. Do you guys see what his hair looks like? And I'm like. I'm like, how is nobody talking about this? And, like, the comments were mentioned. That's how I know I wasn't, like, going yeah. crazy. But, like, yeah, it just felt like I was the only one. Like, even on the broadcast, I'm not even sure if they mentioned it, like, in depth. Probably not, no. I don't know, man. But <laughs> I just kind of took away from Mataus Nikolaus' win by talking about <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Holland's haircut. 
But back to Nicolau, dude. Like, I, I did want to talk about him because he looked just incredible. Like, Matt Schnell is, like, just a dog in there. Every time he yeah. fights, he's a good fighter. But that style versus Nicolau's counter style, it just was not a good one coming in. You see, you saw this fight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I mean, there's not really much that I could, like, say for Matt Schnell because Schnell was just kind of pressuring him the whole time like he does to everybody, and he just did, like, a pretty, just a bad job overall. Yeah, that's what I was kind of, that's what I want to get at. Like, I for Nicolau next, I want to see someone that's still going to pressure him, but just, you know, execute it better than Matt Schnell did. Yeah, it's, it's tough, too, because... Matt Chanel, like that's just his style. Like he's a he comes to fight, and yeah. he's not. And Nicolau's style, that's why it's that's the thing. Like that, you know, that's not always gonna like. It's just not always gonna play out in your favor. You yeah. Know? Well, in this case, it really did yeah. not because Matt Chanel ate some big shots from Nicolau. Yeah, like you can take you you can take shots and one eye, and you may not even get like finished. But like at the end of the fight, like you know, your hand's not raised. Then you know, what's it really matter? I don't know if Kai Kara France has a bite a fight booked, but maybe him versus Nicolau oh, would wow. be a fun one. Oh wow, yeah, that would be huge for Nicolau. Cause Nicolau's like, not a name we're really seeing like in the title picture yet. But he should be because he's he was ranked number six. He just beat number seven, so he's probably gonna go over Perez and maybe Roy Val. He'll be in the top five like tomorrow. So I don't know. I think he deserves like a big fight and Kara yeah. France like. That would be a fun one because he's going to come forward, but he's a much better, like, he's definitely a better striker, like, overall than Matt Schnell. But, I don't know. And, and yeah, we still got to see who wins the, uh, what, what is that? It's a four, the fourth fight between Figgy and Brandon, uh, yeah, Brandon well, Moreno. See, you know what's fun? I was going to get into this at the end, but maybe we can get into it now because you kind of, like, just mentioned Brandon Moreno. Now, Brandon Moreno is cornered by James Krause, and he's very publicly said that he is sticking by his side. And the UFC has not canceled that fight, but oh yeah, I think we. Should, I don't we'll, we like. I was gonna save it for the end, but you brought Moreno up, and I was gonna bring him up anyway. So I was like, I don't know. Like it's weird because Moreno he showed his support, and they said you know the ban. Uh, there's a ban on Krause. His license was taken away, and. Derek, Derek Minner was caught from the promotion after this loss. Mm-hmm. To, um, yeah. I, I forget his opponent's name. I'm sorry. But, you know, that's bad. Like, we were talking about how we would wait until, like, there was more that was going to happen. And this is really it. Like, you know, they haven't released details yet, really, of, like, what exactly Krauss might have done. But if they're taking his license away and not letting his fighters fight oh yeah they're going to the extreme with this because you're effectively killing the guy's business by doing this because you know what pro fighter is going to want to go to a gym if you can't fight in the ufc and i get that kraus is a great coach and i'm sure you can learn a lot from him even if you're not trying to be in the ufc but you know it messes with kraus's business and that's like they wouldn't do that in my, I, in my opinion, I don't think they would do that unless there's really something here. And they haven't said what yet, but th- you're going to hear more about this. Like, this yeah. story is really just yeah. beginning. Yeah. Because, you know, MMA fighters, like, they've been supporting Kraus through this. I mean, let me kind of go through here because I, I was looking at an ESPN article about it. And, 
Let me see. Because I, I told you that Moreno, he uh, already supported him. He posted a picture with him like right after this came out. And he's like, you know, I'm with you till justice is like basically prevail, prevails. And uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you really do from here. He said, uh, this is... See, and this is tough too because Kraus, he's known for um, he's known for his sports betting stuff on his podcast. He has a Discord channel about it too, and he said on the MMA Hour, this is a direct quote. I'm. <laughs> that was not the direct quote. <laughs> but the, direct, the direct quote is um, I'm. He said I make more gambling on MMA than I do anything else, and added that he bets quote on every single card just about every fight so and now in canada you apparently cannot bet yeah. on um on the ufc at this point because of all this and it's just i don't know it's created a real problem because obviously a few months back we were talking about how the ufc implemented their gambling policy you know fighters can't gamble whatsoever on fights and i remember i said at the time that i thought that that was like a bit like it was i had multiple feelings about it because on the one hand i agree that it, like it's good for the sport it helps the integrity and this situation with kraus clearly like demonstrates that but at the same time i was mad about it because i was like well if they just paid their fighters right they wouldn't have to bet on fights and um i, I don't know man it's well, just yeah and that's why we go back to our whole conversation about you know the ufc you know, independent contracting and all that. Like they don't want, they don't want these fighters to get paid by anything else besides the UFC, and like that's the problem. Like if you just that it wouldn't even it wouldn't need to get to this point if they would just you know up the pay for everyone. But, yeah. Well, I, to be fair though, like I said though, the first part of this, like I should say, like it's still a good rule. Like you know in any other sport like you're not allowed to gamble yeah. on it and like it should be that way like i don't think fighters should be able to gamble on like an event that they like know about like because it's technically they have insider information like you know and in, in this that, case yeah, that's Krauss, what this like, whole thing is it, you know because you think about it he probably like by the looks of it you know i don't want to fully indict him because we haven't heard anything really from it yet but by the looks of it Seems like Kraus knew that his yeah. fighter was injured bad enough coming in that he was probably not going to win. And it seems like that Derek Minner probably had something to do with it too and was okay with going in there like that, knowing that he probably make money off betting. I mean, this is just my assumption because they haven't released enough details for us to really figure it out. But, you know, if they're going to take away Kraus's license and ban all fighters from his gym from fighting what else like what other conclusion can you really like go to it's so weird too because then you got laura sanko too she trains with krauss's uh people at that gym you know what, what is is she just gonna have to like ignore that to like be a part of the company like it's so bizarre i i don't know man it's a very odd yeah odd scenario and there's a lot of like there's yeah, a lot of implications this, in the future. Will, this won't be the last the last we talk about this at all <laughs> well, like i said brandon moreno dude like that what's gonna happen with that if he's not leaving Krause's side that title fight is not gonna happen like it's not like might not happen it will not happen like i don't understand maybe the ufc is trying to figure this out maybe trying to convince brandon moreno like, <laughs> like we're trying our best here to help you but you cannot have this guy in your corner 
because they haven't canceled the fight. That's the biggest thing. So that's probably going to be the next domino to fall in this scenario unless, you know, more is released about James Krause. But I don't know. It's a bizarre, yeah. bizarre scenario. Yeah. And we'll definitely keep our eyes on it and keep yeah. you guys informed because we definitely find this really interesting. I mean, I don't know about Huge you, but story. me personally, sports business is just interesting in all sports, not just MMA. Yeah. And in this particular case, like, I'm really intrigued to see what happens. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But we'll get back into some other fights on the card. Um, for UFC Orlando, Sergey Pavlovich, dude, he's the real deal. Yeah, he is. Like, <laughs> he should be propelled into like the title picture if he's not in there already. I mean, like, he just knocked out Tai Tuivasa in under a minute, and you know, you could argue that Tai Tuivasa's game plan was not the best <laughs> when you get when you eat a bomb from a guy like Sergey Pavlovich. I'm not so sure the best case like scenario coming back is to just swing. For the fences. <laughs> I mean, we know that that's what Ty Tullibas yeah. is going to do. And we're kind of talking about it with Kevin Holland. You know, he's not the greatest fight IQ. That's for sure. But He's just a brawler from Sydney. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I'm a fan of Ty Tullibas, even even despite this. I mean, he's one of those guys, you, you yeah. can't expect him to win every fight if he's going to go out there and fight like that. And Sergey Pavlovich, I mean, he's got just I mean, yeah, huge, hands. like, huge prospect. Like, he, he definitely, like... Fully thrusted his name into that title picture now. Like that's yeah. how, that is, that's prospect, exactly how you do it. You could say contender at this point. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know. Let's see where he's at in the rankings because he did beat Derek Lewis too. If you remember that, that was just yeah. a very because the stoppage was all weird. But and then Derek Lewis hasn't even Derek Lewis's last fight didn't even happen. So yeah, that was that was weird too. Yeah, You're right. Pavlovich is number five, by the way. Tuivasa was number four, so I would imagine they're probably just going to swap places. Because yeah. so, I don't think uh, you could put Pavlovich over Curtis Blades because Curtis Blades hasn't really lost. No. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, he's, a, he's a legit contender. Like I think he's graduated from the prospect school, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because when you're in the top, beating people in the top five, you're in the title picture, no matter what anybody really says. It's just a matter of how well the UFC promotes him going forward. And the heavyweight division is in a weird spot right now, too, you know, because we're waiting on Ngannou's updates, like, with his health. It seems like they're talking about John Jones in March, but we've talked about how little that kind of matters because they've talked about John Jones in September, December, <laughs> July, March of this year, March of last year. Like, dude hasn't fought since before, like, the pandemic. So until I see it officially booked... Yeah. I'm just going to, like, let it play out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. We're yeah. going to see what happens with the uh, with the heavyweight rankings. But, uh, oh, my goodness. Dude. Speaking of just killers in their division, Roman Delidze, you know, he's improving just crazy. Oh, yeah. Crazy. How about that performance? Calf slicer into a TKO yeah. finish. Doesn't get much scarier than that. And, like, I remember when we were talking about him back in, like, maybe, like, a year or two ago, just we would talk about how he just needed to take more risks. And Bisping talked about it. He said multiple times that, you know, Bisping's commentary in one of his fights talking about how he needed to take more chances is why he's adapted his fighting style a little bit. And beating a guy like Jack Hermanson on the ground, like, on the ground – just says a lot about him, and his grappling is incredible. And I don't know, like, what, what, I guess 
what do you think of Roman Delizze? Because I think he's one, like you know how we've mentioned with Cheeto, how like people there's certain fighters who just improve so much fight to fight. He's kind of like one of those guys for me. I guess I think I think he's just a guy that just takes a little bit to get started. Because even this fight, like the first round, you know, um, it looked so far like all right, Hermanson's controlling it, controlling this. It looks like Hermanson like has this fight where he wants it, and then the second round, it's like a flip, just a switch, just flipped for Deleuze, and just like yeah, jujitsu is just like incredible, like yeah. crazy to do it to Jack Hermanson too, like. You know, yeah, he's a tough that's, guy, and that's number eight in the world right now. I mean, because the rankings, for those of you guys who don't know, the UFC rankings, they uh, they come out every Tuesday. So, obviously, we record these on Mondays. Yeah, so, I, so you know, with that being said, I think Deleuze is just a guy you, you, you got to put away early. Like, you got to put in a precarious position, like, from the from the jump as soon as possible. Because once he gets, like, once he gets, like, you know, like... This, I guess, like signal on you and like you know how you want to dictate the fight. Like that's when he, that's when he, that's when he, uh, that's when he flips the switch and then yeah. turns well, it into his favor. He's gonna be in the top ten after this because, like I said, Hermanson's number eight. He's unranked, but not anymore. <laughs> that's for sure. So we'll see who they put him up against next because middleweight kind of has like a lot of fights booked right now. Because Cannoneer obviously yeah. is fighting Strickland, and then yeah, obviously the champion turnover. So yeah, Darren. There's Till a lot a going on too. with middleweight. With middleweight, but hey, like, ha- absolute hats off to Delete to like to get his name in there with like with all this you know like you know turmoil and stuff going on within the division because yeah. there's a lot of change happening right now in middleweight. Like you just had you know the one of the longest reigns ever just end. So like. Yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to figure out. He called out uh, Hamza. And I'm like, that's I like Roman Delizze, but I do not think that fight would go well for him. <laughs> I, just, I think I respect it, but you know, it's it's smart. I, yeah, if anything, it would be a Hamza thing. He'll just he'll just scoff at it and just be like, probably, I want yeah. I want Daito. Yeah, probably. Give me Pihera. Like... I smash Pihera. Yeah, dude. I don't know, man. Hamza's a weird scenario to me. I just can't, I hope. They don't put him in a title fight immediately. Yeah, me neither. He does not deserve that. Like no. after what he pulled at UFC two seventy nine. Because the thing is, like, I think he would actually like not no not maybe like destroy Pieta, but you know, Talk, I don't. Oh, yeah, Hamza, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't love. Fight yeah, I don't like that. So <laughs> yeah, because Pieta is definitely a good grappler, but <sighs> Hamza's Hamza's dangerous. But then again, Pieta's a really big guy, like. He, we'd be lucky to see that dude at middleweight for like another like two years because yeah. he's huge <laughs> for that division. I mean, even Glover says it like they're gonna move up to two hundred five. It's a matter of when, not if. So we'll see what happens when he does that because I think Pahena gives those guys problems too, to be honest. But anyway, there's a bunch of other fights that we could really get into. I mean, Eric Anders had a really good performance. I kind of wanted to talk about. It was, it was pretty just like one sided from the jump if you ask yeah. me because Dawkins was clearly going for the takedown very predictable oh yeah like yeah. very predictable and um eric anders is just one of those guys who like he's he'll win some and lose some but he's like a really good veteran and he's got good wrestling heavy hands and if you don't come in there yeah on exactly your game, you you're can't, gonna lose you can't be that someone that's yeah like you just said the veteran presence will not like Anders just had to answer for everything that was 
being given him. And then Dawkins just didn't stand a chance on the feet. Yeah, he was just eating shots every time he came in. And, like, the takedowns were so predictable. And yep. Anders was landing shots as he was coming in. That's what pretty much ended the fight. And, yeah, just a good win by Eric Anders. I felt like we just had to, like, mention it at least. The prelims, like... There were so many different fights on the prelims that we could get into. And like I said, like if we talked about every single one of them, I think we'd be here for like hours. <laughs> but, you know, Phil Rowe, obviously, TKO Nico Price. That was a fun fight. Angela Hill and Michael Johnson got some good wins. I like that. Seems like every Clay Guida fight is a, just a fucking <laughs> dog fight at this point. Oh, I love that guy, dude. Yeah. Same thing with Darren Elkins, too. In like Clay Guida won his fight versus Scott Holtzman. And, you know, Scott Holtzman retired. He's a pretty good fighter. Good career to him. Fought some guys. And uh, I thought it was kind of shitty that the UFC broadcast didn't give him his time, even though he lost, like, Holtzman, because he retired and, like, he oh. did it, like, it sucks, you know, because yeah. like, he's been in the company for a bit. Like, he deserved, like, a little moment, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get that he's on the prelims, he lost. Yeah, that's, but, that's messed up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I get that, you know, they, I feel like they play the same commercials a thousand times. Yeah, it's every... like, what the hell, I'd rather, much rather see, you know, his Holtzman send off than all these commercials, you know? Yeah. I'm like, I have to hear, I literally have to hear T-Mobile commercials like 958 yeah. times every single UFC Like, I get, I get, I get you have a very large roster, but, you know, like, you, these are things that you should be aware of. Like, a guy that's been, you know, part of your company for a while now. Yeah. You know? And it was definitely packed because I think they had 14 fights on this card, which yeah. is definitely and then a lot. Who but... he's fighting, who he's, who he lost to, too, and Clay Guido, like, yeah, it's not like another he lost guy. To some bum, yeah. Like, another <laughs> guy that we as fans like can appreciate a whole lot like you know like come on right? yeah. yeah i don't know i thought that was handled a little crappy yeah. but you know speaking like i said of dog fights though jonathan pierce versus uh darren elkins and like, i i think i texted you this like while it was happening because i was i was hyped watching the prelims and he goes i was i was just thinking like what's a darren elkins fight without just <laughs> all just all blood <laughs> spilling from that guy's face yeah. like I, I remember I reposted, like, the um, picture of him that the UFC posted, like, on my actual story, like, just my personal one, because I was like, I love this sport, man. <laughs> I really do. Because Darren Elkins is just crazy. They, like, they Dan Mergliata took um, Pierce off of him. I think it was in round three. And uh, they go by, like, <laughs> they go up to the doctor. Darren Elkins is drenched in blood. And the cut is, like, it's not a crappy spot, but it's just so much blood that it's get, definitely getting into his eyes. And the doctor, like, you know, like, do you want to continue to fight? He's yeah. like, fuck yeah, dude. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, all I this blood it. and sweat going to your eyes. Like, oh, my God, dude. I can't even imagine. Darren Elkins is just, like, just crazy. Like, his nickname is so good that it's tattooed on his chest. <laughs> the damage. And he took some damage in that fight. Because Jonathan Pierce, dude, he's really good. Like, that's a prospect mm -hmm. in the featherweight division yeah. that we need to keep our eyes on. Because Darren Elkins, you know, we're talking about how he takes shots and stuff, but he's a really good wrestler. He's got good grappling, and Jonathan Pierce was able to beat him in his domain, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And you know, we'll be looking, we'll be looking for him. So yeah, just respect to just this card had so many like just favorites, like fan favorites. Yeah, on it. this like, was really well put together, and that's why like we will we will beat this horse until it is beyond dead. That. <laughs> You can do this for just about every car. They just don't. Exactly. It's that simple. They just don't. They want the prelims to be as stacked as the... Because the prelims were awesome. Like Angela Hill, Michael Johnson, Clay Guida, Jonathan Pierce, Darren Elkins, Phil Rowe, Nico Price. Like all these people. 
that's a main that's a better main card than like all the fight nights through like <laughs> August and October. So like, I I just I don't get it. Like I, they used to be so much more fun, and this one was awesome. Like I don't want like. I agree with you that we should talk about this anytime it needs to be mentioned, and I, but I feel bad talking about it on this card because this one they did a yeah. great job. Yeah. Like I can't shit on them when they just put on an amazing card. Yeah, and that's why you know you just saw we'll give them as much praise as we need to when they do it, and then call them out when they don't. Yeah, man, and like you know, next week's card is pretty good too because there's UFC 282. Yeah, and. The title fight was obviously very affected by uh, Yuri's injury, and then Glover obviously didn't want to take the fight versus Magomed Ankalaev on short notice. Yeah. So now we're here with Magomed Ankalaev versus Jan, Jan Bohovic for the light heavyweight title, which is very just. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, that's for sure. How about the opportunity for Jan Bohovic to become a champion once again? And just like this decade, like that would be pretty, like. I think that would be pretty phenomenal. So he's got uh, an uphill battle. Yeah, that's for, that's for sure. I don't know if there's odds out for this fight yet. I, maybe I should look it up to see if they have any odds. But um, I think that Blahovich, he's like, he's a good boxer, but I just don't like anybody's chances really against Uncle Live. Maybe besides yeah, like Yuri. So I don't know. Let's see what these fight odds are looking like. I think the UFC realizes this too, because I don't, you know, I don't really think it's a secret that like this Uncle I is a guy like they're very high on. They want to see like just dominate. So, yeah. and but, the odds, by the way, um, on uh, this is DraftKings. Um, Uncle I is a minus two forty five favorite, and Jan Bohovic is a plus two hundred five underdog. I think that's it's fair. I think you could even argue that's that fair. Uncle I could be even bigger of a favorite, but I think that I mean Jan has a chance. I mean they. Talk about that legendary Polish power for a reason, dude. Like, it's legit. He's knocked out legends with that power. And he could definitely crack. So, I don't know. It's an interesting one. But then, like, from there, too, there's the Patty Pimblet fight. That's going to be fun. Robbie Lawler versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. That's going to be a war. Then you got, um, oh, what's the other one that I was looking for? It was like, here, let me actually just go right on back on this. There, uh, oh, yeah, Darren. I was just talking about it. Darren Till versus Dragicus Duplessis. Or Duplessis. Darren Till's return. Yeah, man. It'll be fun to see Darren Till back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but even, like, the early prelims are fun. Like, the first ones of, like, the night. You know, we got uh, Alexander Hernandez versus Billy Q. OSP is fighting. Um, let's see who else. Raul Rosas Jr. from the Contender Series. 17-year-old oh. uh, who's in the UFC. His debut is, is upon us. He is a minus 230 favorite on DraftKings. Oh, my God. I mean, he's undefeated and he's facing yeah. a guy who's 10-6. It's just so crazy. It's like, dude, I can bet on a set. I can bet on a minor <laughs> and, like, win serious money off of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a valid point. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm going to have to drop some money on, on this UFC card. Dude, I had a parlay yesterday on the NFL. And I right now, I want uh, Yuri, or not Yuri, but Glover Teixeira. You know, I'm sure he's still in fight shape, even though he didn't. He is obviously not participating in this weekend's card. Yeah, I'm gonna need him to go to Los Angeles and beat up Brandon Staley. Oh, um, so Chargers. Bet. Okay, well, listen here. So I had a parlay, and if the Chargers would have just won, I would have won. Like I would have won it. So it was it was the it was all money line, Ravens, Giants, Seahawks, 
Chargers, and Cowboys. And the Giants tied, obviously. Yeah. So that scared me, but it voided it. Yeah. That's so what I, I was like, say. But then, obviously, the Seahawks won, the Ravens won, and both of those were in the fourth quarter. So, like, you can imagine where I was at. <laughs> and, um, yeah, then the Chargers were up versus the Raiders, and there's one particular fourth down try that I am going to reference. It was fourth and five, and I'm pretty sure they were in their own territory. And they obviously did not convert, and the yeah. Raiders Let scored me a just, touchdown. Yeah, you know, obviously, like, it doesn't matter now. Like, the game happens over. But just <laughs> for the future, you know, there's still football left to be played. Um, maybe not bet as much on a guy who coaches like he's playing Madden. You know what's funny? I did think That's about exactly that, That's exactly what Brandon Staley does. That was the one I was nervous about, too. Not even particularly because of that, just because of the defense issues. But at the same time, I was like, that's the reason why I won't ever bet on a Patriots game. Because I don't know what Bill Belichick is going to pull out of his yeah, ass. No, exactly. Maybe I should start thinking about that exactly. way towards the Chargers. Because if yeah. it wasn't for that, I would have won a like, mm-hmm. decent amount of money. Yeah. So instead, I just lost like 15 bucks. <laughs> but instead, you know, we're talking about football. <laughs> we got there. We got there from fight odds. You know, UFC 282 is happening this weekend. Uh, Bellator 289 is happening this weekend. Stotts versus Sabatello. That's a fight I'm really looking forward to in their Bantamweight division. And, you know, next week we'll be back to talk about all that. So big Bellator card, big UFC card. Maybe some news with James James Krause if it comes up. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see you guys next week. See ya.